0: to Warriors Off Court, San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm Connor Letourneau, the Chronicles Warriors beat writer, and I'm here again with Janie Hugh, our assistant sports editor and former Warriors beat writer.
1: How are you doing, Connor?
0: I'm actually at uh, the tr- University of Detroit Mercy in the lobby of the arena here. Um, we're, we're nearing the end of what has been a six-city, ten-night uh, gauntlet of a road trip, uh, going everywhere from L.A. to Orlando, Miami, New Orleans, Charlotte. Now we're here in the final city, Detroit, uh, where the where the Warriors will play the Pistons tomorrow night. Um, it's been quite the interesting road trip. Um, the Warriors have played pretty well. They're five and zero. If they win. Tomorrow, they'll have gone 6-0 and on a six-game road trip for the first time in franchise history. Anyone who understands the NBA knows that's not an easy feat. But in getting there, they've uh, dealt with a bit of adversity. Um, the big news of this trip, obviously, being late in the New Orleans game a few nights ago, uh, Steph Curry uh, sprained his right ankle going for a steal um, and ended up, hobbling off the court, um, you know, x-rays came back negative, but it was a severe right ankle sprain, and he's going to be out a good two weeks at least. They're going to reevaluate him in two weeks. So that if you look at the schedule, that, that has him missing, including last night's game against Charlotte, his hometown team, a total of five games, uh, coming back around December 19th.
1: You um,
0: know, it's very possible he could be out longer than that. That's, that's the pretty much the, the soonest they could hope to have him back. So, um, you know, all things considered, it's not a horrible situation. It's not a worst case scenario. It is just a sprain. It could have been broken. It could have been something worse, but this is the first time the Warriors have had to go an extended amount of time in the regular season without Steph Curry since really he was have since really when he had those, those, uh, nagging ankle issues. In the 2011 2012 season, uh, which I believe Jamie is right, you know, not not too far removed from when you covered the team, and so I know I know you remember that time. I wasn't around here at the time. Do you remember when it looked like Steph wasn't, uh, you know, his his career could be cut short by these ankle issues?
1: You know, Steph was drafted um, the season after I stopped covering the Warriors, but it was just such a, his injury status was, you know, the ankle tweaks here and there. I remember that it really was. um, It's part of the reason why he, the Warriors were able to sign him to a relatively inexpensive deal, right? Coming off of his rookie contract, Um, because the, the question was, how healthy is he going to be in the future? I'm sure when he rolled that ankle, and it looked pretty bad on TV, the entire collective Warriors fan base, at some point in the back of their mind was thinking, or maybe in the forefront, oh no, here we go again, because that's just you—you didn't know how stable that ankle was going to be, right?
0: Right. I mean, that's why this is—you know—it's—it's more serious than a normal ankle sprain, just because you have that injury history. I mean, an ankle sprain in in and of itself isn't that big a deal, but given you know. What every Warriors fan knows about his history, because keep in mind, it's not just an ankle sprain, it's his right ankle, which is the right, which is the exact same ankle that caused him all those problems half a decade ago. I mean, there's a great ESPN piece done pretty, a couple years ago that rehashed that entire uh, period of his career where he was quoted saying that he legitimately thought his career might be done. Um, luckily, he had a surgery that ended up uh, you know paying dividends and he was able to to get back to keep in mind that was also right when because of his uncertainty with the ankle issues he signed the, the four-year 44 million dollar deal that ended up being one of the biggest bargains in, in NBA history and is why the Warriors had enough salary cap room to put together this current roster so it ended up paying off um, and the Warriors are kind of looking at it right now as, obviously, this isn't probably going to have the long-term ramifications that that had, but this could actually end up being a good thing. Now, before we get into that, I want to play you guys a little bit of audio from the other night right after the uh, New Orleans game, probably a good 40 minutes after he actually sprained his ankle. He he got an x-ray, came back negative, and Curry being – a good dude he is, uh, agreed to do media, which is something that most NBA players wouldn't do in that situation, but he talked to us for a couple minutes, and uh, here's some of what he had to say.
1: It looks
0: like you're in a lot of pain uh, when you go to your ankle. Yeah, I haven't done that one in a while, so just spray my ankle, see how it feels tomorrow, and kind of go from there. Um, it's a sucky situation, but uh, I'll be back. Do you get you a sense on like, you know how bad this one can be? I know people that are trying to Oh, it's a bad one or it's not more on the concern side. I shouldn't say that. It's more on the, i, no. on the, uh, I won't just going back tomorrow morning waking up like, I should be, you know, whatever. Uh, just because of the know but uh, all things considered, I should Knowing I've been through this before on this angle and I didn't know the surgical repairs from like five, six years ago are fine, should be on the bounce back. You know, Steph was trying to be optimistic, but you could tell that he knew this was a serious ankle sprain. He knew he was going to miss some time. Obviously, it came out, uh, you know, the next day uh, that he was going to miss at least two weeks. But, you know, do you, can you kind of understand why he, he uh, you know, is a little bit uh, nervous about this entire situation? <laughs>
1: Uh, Absolutely, I think anybody who's ever had, um, I mean, hey, I'm not a professional basketball player. Uh, I do like trail running, and I tweak an ankle or roll an ankle. The next time I get out there, I'm already having it, you know, I'm definitely more cautious, and we're talking about a franchise player here. Um, What I think was interesting that you mentioned was um, the the post-game interview and and Steph coming out to talk to you guys, because sitting here from Oakland and and, San Francisco, the Bay Area, watching it on TV, TV, we're seeing the images of Steph coming out of the locker room on crutches, and oh no, like yeah, that is not a good thing to see, correct? So um, it's correct. it's it's really interesting. I'm curious, what was the mood in the locker room?
0: Um, you know, it was uh, it was it was interesting. I think at first it was okay. What's happening here? But people didn't re- didn't really know what to make of it. Um, but when Steph came back with the crutches, he actually was in surprisingly good spirits. He was kind of joking around with the guys. Um, several of the older guys, David West, uh, Kevin Durant, um, those guys came over to him and asked him, "Yo, like, how you doing, man?" Like, just kind of checking in on him, and he kind of put their their fears at rest a little bit, saying, "I'll be okay." You know, it's a bad ankle sprain. I mean, I I was standing right there, and his his ankle was swollen to the size of a, a baseball, at least. It was huge.
1: Wow.
0: Um, it was one of the worst ankle sprints I've ever seen. Um, but he, the fact that he was keeping the mood light, I think, made other people feel okay. And they—they they, everyone on this team has the awareness of the fact that this actually can be a good thing. I mean, that, that that's ridiculous to say, right? You lose a two-time... Uh, two-time MVP for an extended period of time, that would cripple a lot of teams. That would doom a lot of team seasons, but the Warriors have so much depth. They have another MVP in Kevin Durant in the wings. Uh, They have three other all-stars in their prime. They are better equipped than maybe any team in NBA history to weather this type of uh, loss, and the reality of it is I think it's going to benefit Curry long-term because he's going to have a couple weeks to both physically and mentally take a break from the game. And you know, when you're going to try to play deep into June for the fourth straight year, that that's huge. You know, he's going to be better served come May and June because of this time he's taking off now. So I, I actually see this being kind of like last season when Durant missed several weeks, missed 22 games with that knee injury, ended up helping the Warriors because he came back better than ever. Uh, was absolutely phenomenal in the playoffs. One finals MVP dominated in the, in, the, in the finals against Cleveland. And I don't think he necessarily would have been that dominant had he been playing that entire time through the regular season. So... You know, this could actually, there's a lot of silver linings here.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, the The time off during the regular season, and if there's one thing that we're guaranteed of here, it's that the Warriors are going to err on the side of caution. There's absolutely no reason to rush Curry back, even if it is not as serious as, of an injury as they thought it was. Um, the other thing is that these we, we've talked about the regular season versus the playoffs and how long of a grind it is. Steph had all those national team duties um, that he's played as well, and th- that just extends the amount of minutes that he, that he's out there. Um, so it's, I, I think it is um, – you know, I, I do think it's beneficial, also because it helps other roles get defined. And I know you wrote about this. Um, Durant probably stands to gain the most, wouldn't you say? In terms of okay, now I'm the leader of this team. Now I'm going to let my offense flow and let my game come.
0: Exactly. I, I and I that honestly might end up being the the best thing to come out of this entire situation because Durant has had. You know, you look at his numbers on a basic level, they've been solid. They've been at an all-star level. Um, but you take a little deeper dive into them, and he hasn't been the consistent player that we're used to seeing. This is a guy who's been in the league a decade now, you know, has been as consistent as anyone to play this game in a very long time. But this season, he's been up and down. You know, he emotionally, I think he's been a little fragile at times. I'm not really sure – why that is but he's been more prone to emotional outbursts he's been tossed from three games there's an interesting stat he was ejected from three games in an 18 game span including two in a three game span on this road trip his previous 810 uh nba games he had been tossed twice so there's something there and on top of that he's on Pays for a career high in turnovers. He's had a lot of silly fouls. I think he's tied for third in the NBA right now in technical fouls. Um, and he mentioned last night after that Charlotte game that now that Steph's out, he really does feel more of an onus to, you know, make sure he's locked in mentally. He's not, you know, veering off track from what he needs to do. And he delivered his best game of the season last night, 30, 35 points, uh, I think 10 rebounds and 11 assists for, you know, uh, only his second triple-double as a Warrior, um, you know, one of those rare 35-point triple-doubles, uh, only the second player this season behind uh, James Harden, who's the MVP front runner to do that. So um, I think he's going to take his game to another level, and then when Steph comes back, that's, that's only going to, you know, benefit both of them.
1: Right. And, you know, another thing that might be making uh, Durant feel a little bro- uh, better is that he's got his little brother now on the team with him. <laughs> Quinn Cook uh, was called up from the G League, and you wrote this fabulous story earlier uh, at the beginning of the regular season about the friendship that the two of them have.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's been a nice little feel-good, um, you know, development in the aftermath of this, this Curry Injury. Quinn Cook's an interesting guy because he's someone that you look at the numbers, and I personally don't understand why he hasn't found, you know, a more permanent role in the NBA. Every opportunity he's had in this league, he's played well. He's completely dominated the development league now, the G League as it's called, uh, for several years. Was G League Player of the uh, G League Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago, and was G League All Star MVP last year. Um, you know, an undrafted guy who played four years at Duke, um, won a national championship there. Um, but in his, his limited minutes in the NBA, he's done well. And he finally got his, his kind of big moment last night. He went from within, you know, a 48-hour span, went from a motel in Santa Cruz to uh, being in the starting lineup in Charlotte, 80-minute 80, 80 drive from where he went to college uh, with in the starting lineup, with like you said, his older brother Kevin Durant, and played pretty well. He he was a little nervous at the start of the game, as you could tell. But I think he finished with around eight points, hit a couple nice threes, um, you know, made made a couple of nice assists, and he did a nice job, um, you know, running that offense. And so he's going to be a guy who might not necessarily start every game while while Steph's out. That that's going to be based off matchups, but he's going to play. Every night, and even if this doesn't end up leading to a long-term role with the Warriors, it could be kind of his breakthrough moment in terms of proving to everyone that he's an NBA player and that he deserves, you know, a, a real shot in this league.
1: Right. I think it's it's worth pointing out that um, for guys like like Quinn Cook, who I think probably went into the NBA draft expecting to get their name called and and didn't. And then having to fight their way from the the D-League or the, the G-League now, how much of a life-changing moment this can be for them. I mean, we're talking about, a, uh, I think the, this Quinn Cook signed a two-way uh, player salary, a two-way deal, right? Correct. So he can shuttle back and forth between the G-League and the Warriors. Um, but... His salary is dependent partially on how much he gets called up to the Warriors. So here we here we go right. from making seventy-five thousand, you know, as a as a, a year as a base salary, and then every time he gets called up to the Warriors, that's extra money going in the pocket. And I, obviously, he's a guy that's playing to make you know make his dream of of uh, being on an NBA team full-time. But, you know, I think, I don't know if you've seen this, I just remember, um, you know, when I was on the Warriors beat or in baseball clubhouses, when these guys get called up to the minor leagues, um, they go from, like you said, sharing a room maybe in a motel sometimes to having their own room at the Ritz-Carlton on the road, traveling first-class planes. Um, It's, you know, I've seen, like, clubhouse attendants hand these guys a, a stack of cash just to get started, and it's it is. I mean, I I, I pointed out just because I think it's it's a good story all around because people just it, the D League tends to be invisible and in all the hard work that goes on there. Uh, basically, what Schwartz fans see is just the final product on the court.
0: Definitely, and Quinn, uh, you know, was asked about what it meant to him last night after after that game. What it meant to him to start his first NBA game, and and here's what he had to say. Where were you- Call, you get yeah. Uh I was in Santa Cruz watching uh, the game against uh, New Orleans, and uh, you know, me and Luke and Coach Luke, uh, and uh, you know, Pat got hurt, and uh, you know, and Steph obviously going his ankle and uh, Luke just said, "Help you me know, ready for a call," and uh, I got a call. as Soon as the game's over, and then I flew up to get Did you fly direct? I had a straight flight, first class. And, you know, I was over everything was great. What well, mean being uh, playing this game supposed so to do? You, your first start? It meant a lot. It meant a lot, man. You know, my mom had to drive up. My mom, my sister, my godbrother, coach that did, you know, him and his wife got to come. So, uh, you know, uh, I saw a lot of good faces in the crowd, and, and it was it was a great, great, great feeling for me. Did Durant have any encouraging words? You know? Um, years? yeah, we talked about it earlier. You know, just uh, it's surreal that, that we both started uh, in the NBA on the same team, and you uh, never could have dreamed it any better. Uh, he, he, he me, you know, all day so Janie, as you can tell from that from that clip, he he's excited, but at the same time, you can tell that there's there's a poise there, there's a composure. He's not he's not caught up in the moment too much, which is something that the Warriors love about this guy. He's he's 24, hasn't played a lot of NBA games, but has the the poise and savviness of a guy who's been in the league for for a long time and and I think a lot of that goes speaks to the fact that he has, you know, studied under Durant. You know, he this is a guy who, you know, they grew up together in the D C area, were played for the same AU AAU pipeline. They're a few years apart so they didn't play on the same team. But uh, you know, Quinn used to go hang out at Durant's house when he had off time when he was at Duke. He'd spend summers at Durant's house just working out with him and and even now when he gets called up in there in the bay he'll go hang out and stay at Durant's place so you see some you, you can kind of see where he built some of those habits
1: right and I think coach Steve Kerr said that as well right that he brings a that cook has this calming presence um every time that he does come up and that's why they they do like him around the the big league team as well
0: definitely and you know another another guy who's going to benefit a lot from uh from Steph's injury is uh, is Sean Livingston, a guy who I think the average NBA fan might take for granted a little bit. This is a guy who's been in the league a long time, um, you know, obviously well known. His comeback story, coming back from that knee injury early in his career, high draft pick out of high school. But um, the thing about the thing about him is he uh, he can only play about 25 minutes a night, and so because of his age and because of his injury history, so. That's why you need a guy like Quinn to play, and you know we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that uh, Livingston had, had had a pretty interesting road trip as well. Right. So let's keep in mind that uh, just it was just uh, a night or yeah a night before uh, that New Orleans game in Miami when he brushed heads with Courtney Kirkland, uh, the the referee, and was promptly ejected, got a one game suspension for that. But the interesting thing about that is that Kirkland. Was suspended from the the referee rotation for an entire week, uh, which which is which shows that uh, the NBA felt like he was somewhat responsible. If you look at the replays of that incident, he stepped into Sean um, and kind of. You can make the argument that he initiated the contact there. What do you think of that ruling?
1: I was really surprised to hear that. Um, just just because they came down so harshly um, uh, on an official, uh, but it, it, uh, like you said, if you do look at the replay, um, it, it does look like they they he kind of you know was very much an instigator in that as well. And I think that that's what you know the the ruling came down on. How much did did he have to do to um, exacerbate the situation? And I, I think, at least you know, uh, judging by the replay, um, it did look like that.
0: No, I, I completely agree. And and Sean's expressed remorse since then. But before we wrap things up, I want to touch on a couple other uh, injury updates. Um, Draymond Green missed last night's game with in Charlotte with uh, some sho- shoulder soreness. Uh, He did practice uh, today in Detroit, but uh, he had to have his shoulder heavily wrapped after practice. And he and uh, Kerr admitted that, you know, it's not necessarily super likely that he'll play. He's listed as questionable. But I personally would be a little surprised if he played tomorrow in his homecoming game, obviously a guy from Saginaw, which is only about 80 miles away from, uh, from Detroit. And, um, and then you got Zaza Pachulia, also shoulder, shoulder soreness, who is listed as doubtful. Uh, he straight up told me after the game last night he does not expect to play uh, in Detroit. And then you have Patrick McCaw, who's in concussion protocol. And you know, uh, covering the league, that it's hard to predict how long a guy's going to be out with a concussion. Um, he could be back tomorrow, probably not. He'll probably be out for a little while longer than that. Uh, but I know I'm personally excited for tomorrow because – it's going to be my first chance to see uh, the Little Caesars Arena. It's uh, the newest arena in the NBA. I hear a lot of good things right in the heart of Detroit. It's really nice to not have to make that trek out to Auburn Hills, which I'm sure you had to make quite a few times. Oh,
1: that – you know, I think uh, the palace at Auburn Hills is probably uh, the most uh, – I don't know, uh, difficult (laughs) arena to get to on the NBA circuit. There's just nothing around there. You fly in, um, the airport is separate from, downtown is separate from Auburn Hills. And for whatever reason, Uh, I I feel like the trips that I went on, we were always in Detroit in the dead of winter, so it was snowing as well, and I'm born and raised in California, I am not used to driving in the snow, that was pretty brutal to be, you know, after a game you're leaving the arena at midnight, and you're trying to navigate these dark roads, it's actually the first time I've ever spun out because of the snow on the roads, so personally, I'm glad too, for you, that uh, you don't have to, to do that trek.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be a good one. I'll, I'll be sure to uh, to let you know how it is. But, uh, you know, yeah. lot, a lot more to look forward to, and I think uh, we'll have plenty to talk about when we get hop back on this uh, next week. Uh, so look until forward-
1: then. Yeah, look forward to seeing you back here.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I cannot wait. I'll be back Saturday. I'll be back for at least, a, you know, several weeks, which will be super mm-hmm. nice. Um, And it also means that we'll be able to do this in person. So, uh, you know, definitely check in for that. And this will be on iTunes soon. So when when it's up there, I'll let you guys know and and give us a follow-up.